High Desert Word Center. How is everybody on a beautiful Wednesday night? Are we doing good tonight? If you can hear me, say amen. All right. Hey, let's go ahead. The coffee bar is the funnest place and most fun place in all of Barstow. Uh, but let's make our way into the sanctuary tonight. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started with service. And we are just thrilled to see everybody on this beautiful Wednesday night. Praise God. We are going to have a good time getting into the word of God and into some worship here in a few minutes. But let's go ahead and stand up together. We're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America, and we're going to keep believing and declaring that our nation is coming to Jesus. Can we get an amen tonight? All right, let's say this. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. And you may be seated. Okay. Well, we'll get into some announcements here. Uh, we have got a lot going on. Uh, we are in the busy time of year right now. But I thought I would uh, touch base a little bit, uh, very briefly, on the big announcement that we made on Sunday. Who was here Sunday for our uh, big announcement? Amen. And so, uh, just to very briefly and quickly fill you in, the, believe me, this is the uh, abbreviated version of this, but um, it, we are going to be uh, uh, starting a new location uh, and, uh, helping out at another church that we're, uh, taking, uh, we're taking over for them, uh, over there on Yucca and Kelly Drive, uh, that, what was the Barstow Free Methodist Church. Uh, they've asked us to come in and begin ministry there. And so we're really excited about that. Uh, so, uh, bottom line, uh, long story short, that was the former home of Barstow Christian School. And, uh, there's a lot of good things in the works. And so if you hear around town, cause I got people, you know, contacting me, is it true? It's true. And so uh, we're just working out some details to where we be can begin a Sunday morning service there. Tentatively, uh, in the month of October, uh, we'd start a 9 a.m. Sunday morning service there. So anyway, we're working on uh, getting some of the details worked out. If you have any questions... Feel free to come talk to me or Pastor, Mrs. Pastor, and we'd love to be able to answer those if we can. And uh, and I'm just excited. Uh, this is a whole new thing for us, and we're grateful to get to reach all of Barstow, right in the middle of town and everywhere else. So isn't God good that the gospel is getting preached all over Barstow from every single angle? Amen. So that's that. And again, if you have questions, just come and ask one of us and we'll try our best to answer them. All right, let's get into some announcements. 
This Friday night is our marriage night right here at High Desert Word Center. And so this is for husbands and wives. It's going to be from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Friday night, free child care. And if you could, if you're bringing kids, register online at hdwc.org slash married. And that way we'll know how many kids to plan on. You could also register to bring a dish to share with everybody on there. And so that's this Friday, 6.30 to 8.30. And it's going to be in this building, Josh, Pastor Josh, Big Brother Josh. Okay, yeah, all right, well, it's going to be in this building. So uh, anyway, it's going to be a fun night, uh, 6.30 to 8.30 Friday night. All right, and then Monday, okay, this coming Monday, the 18th, is our family picnic at the park, somebody. It's going to be... Uh, from 5 p.m. to dark at the H Street Park. And uh, it's just everybody get together. We're going to have a good time. Bring the kids out. They can play. And uh, bring a dish for your family to have some dinner. And it's just going to be a night of fellowship and fun and hanging out. So uh, H Street Park, 5 p.m. Uh, and that's Monday the 18th, okay? And then uh, who knows what is coming up in October around here. Harvest Fest, man. It is our main event of the whole year. And so with Harvest Fest coming up, you know that we are super, super busy. Uh, so the candy bins are out. We're filling up candy bins. I believe we're going to pack 1,000 bags of candy for the first 1,000 kids that come that night. And so uh, we need candy, candy, candy. Keep bringing it in. Uh, the kids and the youth group are having their annual competition. All right. Wait a minute, the youth group are in here for a minute tonight. Who thinks the youth group's going to win this thing? Who thinks the adorable, adorable little kids are going to win? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Okay, well, I didn't mean to start something, but uh, anyway, whichever side that you want to win, bring it in, and uh, the winner gets a pizza party. They're also doing a change war for the, between the teens and the youth, uh, the teens and the children back there, and so you can bring in change for whichever side you want to win that. And um, there is a Harvest Fest meeting tomorrow at 6.30, and so if you're interested in, in jumping on board and helping out with some of the logistics... Uh, come tomorrow night at 6.30. This sign-up sheet is if you are able to volunteer at Harvest Fest in any capacity, whether it's working a game that night or helping set up in any capacity. If you could sign the sign-up sheet, they can start making plans on that, all right? And then one more Harvest Fest announcement. Uh, we are doing a taco drive through dinner as a fundraiser. Yeah. And that's going to be on Friday, September 22nd. Uh, and the uh, price is adults. It's $12 for a dinner plate. Uh, kids, $8 for a dinner plate. And all of the proceeds go to Harvest Fest. All right. So keep that in mind. But that's the date on that. And then we've got one more incredible announcement. Who wants to hear it? Thank you. I was buying time so I could drink some water. All right. So uh, it's going to be our intentional parenting classes coming up. And this is huge for us. 
Um, we, uh, we're a family church and our main goal is to help families and, and grandparents and parents and all this stuff. So, um, this is our intentional parenting class. It is beginning on Sunday, October 1st. It's going to run for five weeks. It'll be from four to five thirty every Sunday for five weeks starting October 1st. Um, and the cost is $30. That gets you the book and, uh, gets you into the class. Now, um, I think we've got 10 books already available, but I'm pretty sure that uh, we're going to need to order more. So please go ahead and sign up. And if you are going to pay for that, which um, you are because I'm not buying it for you, (laughs) Uh, but uh, there's a a QR code on the flyer of the info booth. Scan that QR code and you can pay for it that way. How does that sound like a good deal, everybody? All right. Praise God. Okay. So that's all the announcements for now. Uh, we want to welcome anybody that is worshiping with us for the first time or first time in a long time. If you could slip your hand up, our welcome team is Heather right over here. Miss Heather has a gift for you. Amen. And so she's got a welcome packet and an info card. If you'll fill out that info card and turn it in, she's got a gift for you at the end of the service. Praise God. All right. Who knows what time it is now? Yes, it's happy time. Well, what's that? Well, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. So we get super happy when we get to be givers and become doers of God's word. Amen. All right. If you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will get one. All right, Isaiah, you got to be cranked up so you can hear me good. Okay, crank me up, crank me up. Glory to God. Can you hear me now? Amen. Well, they're all going to hear us pretty soon. Amen. I, I always like that. But anyway, uh, open up your Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. 2 Corinthians 4, 13. And I'll tell you what, Pastor Dave is full of the spirit of faith, isn't he? Amen. Amen. He was, he was raised in the right family, the family of God, and in my family, and we kept him pumped up all the time. And look at this verse right here. And did you, did you notice that he said, have a, God loves a cheerful giver? How many excited about this time? Well, look at 2 Corinthians 4.13. I want to give you time to get there and look at it. It says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. We teach faith all the time and we teach the value of your words all the time. He said, when you got the spirit of faith, you're going to believe something, you're going to speak something. And the spirit of faith is not a spirit like the Holy Spirit. It's about an attitude of faith. Amen. Uh, in our, uh, in our devotions last month, we was talking about prosperity and financial victory. This month is on faith. But I know I use this verse in one of them. And I told him there that back when I went to school back in the 50s and 60s, I'm not really that old, but I went to school early, I guess. But I went to school back then. I remember back in the 60s when I was in high school in mid-60s that uh, we had pep rallies before football games and basketball games. And I don't know if they still use the same cheers now as they did back then, but we get out there we've got the spirit. And everybody jump around and do that. Well, it wasn't talking about we got a spirit. Said so we got the spirit of faith. And he says right here, when you got the spirit of faith, you believe and you speak. You believe and you speak. You're excited about it. I talked to Dave McNeil right before the service. This fits right in with what I'm saying. I said, Dave, I said, it's so nice to be blessed 
Amen. So nice to be blessed. I said for years, I confessed how blessed I was and I didn't have it. I said now, I talk about the blessing I've got and I've got it. But I talked about it for a long time before I had it. And I was thinking as we're sitting right here, a little story I'll tell you might help you. Back in about 1984, we lived in the middle of a big cattle farm, a cattle ranch back in Indiana. And we had 600 cows right around our house. We had a fence between us and them. But every day, those cows would come over to the feeders when it was feeding time. And they'd bring them in by just maybe a 100 at a time. And I'd watch those cows eat. At that time, I'd gotten laid off from my trucking job I had for a lot of years. And I had an old car that ran. I had a brand new car to make payments on that wouldn't run. I'd look at that out there. I was laid off. Didn't have enough money for anything. And I watched those cows every day eating over there for free. Didn't cost them anything, just their life later on. And so I'd say, Lord, that's not right. I said, I don't have enough food to feed my family. And those cows are eating better than we are. And then the Lord straightened me up after me complaining for a couple weeks. He gave me Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 47. And he says, if you don't, now listen to this. This is going to help some of you about this spirit of faith. He said, if you don't serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, you'll never have all things. I didn't, I didn't have all things yet. Matter of fact, right before I came to church, a guy's getting ready to move, gave me a brand new stainless steel, six burner barbecue grill, battery operated that I've never seen anything like it. He's getting ready to move. Those things just show up now. The blessings chased me down. But for years and years and years and years, I talked about how God was blessing me, but we didn't have it. I preached and taught the blessings of God, and I was driving the worst car in the whole church where I was at. But I preached faith. I talked about how blessed I was, and now it just happens. It shows up. So I'm telling you right now, this thing we call happy time, if your life doesn't seem too happy, then be happy by faith. Amen. Talk by faith. And if somebody asks you how you're doing, just get your words right. Say, hey, I'm blessed. And why are you blessed? Might, might not have shown up yet, but the Bible says you're blessed. So you might as well start people, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And guess what happens? One of these days, some of the best words of the Bible can be true for you, and it came to pass. That'll happen. And it came to pass. So anyway, it's happy time. <laughs> because we are blessed. All right, let's make our financial faith confession, <clears throat> bring our tithes and offerings up to the altar. And you know something's good to do? I like to keep on saying this because some people have never heard me say it before, but uh, you need to hear this. The altar is a very anointed place. There's something special about it. God's the one who ordained the holy altar. And we come up here, it's just we get up here closer to this worship and the Spirit of God's everywhere in here. But something special about up here, and I know a lot of you now do tithes and offerings online where you don't have something to put in up here. Well, God sees you when you put it in there. But you come up here by faith when other people are coming up and just say, Lord, I want to thank you. You saw what I gave. You saw what I did. And I just want to worship you, Lord. Thank you for how good you are. And, and remember this. God's not looking at the amount. He's looking at the heart. And did you know? That Elon Musk is tithed, if he tithes, is the exact same of what I tithe. God only requires out of Elon Musk, if he's a tither, 10%. And 
That no matter where you work at or what you make, God only requires that of you 10%. Anything else you do above, that's called an offering. So anyway, don't ever, ever, ever let the devil tell you you're inferior or how shameful it is because that's all you put in. Well, God knows what you got. Amen? Let's make this financial faith confession and then we'll worship him together. As we bring the Lord's tithe, give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord. Meet all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. As Pastor said, you can feel free to join us at the altar for worship if you want. And let's sing to the Lord together. scream it out from every mountain top your goodness knows no bounds your goodness never stops your mercy follows me your kindness fills my life your love amazes me and I'll sing because you are good you are good and I'll shout because you are good you are good to me
He's been faithful to you. He's always been there. Hallelujah. And, uh, and as we're just singing that tonight, I just think of so many different lives in this room that we've seen the goodness and the grace of God. Uh, just through the hardest, most difficult times, he's always been there, hasn't he? And so I just want to thank him tonight. Let's raise our hands together for just a minute. Lord, we love you and we praise you tonight. And Lord, we can say without any fear of contradiction that all of our lives, you have been faithful. You have been so good to us, Lord. And as we get into the word tonight here in just a minute, I pray that our hearts would be open to receive uh, the seed of the word of God, Lord, and that it would not return unto you void, but it would accomplish everything that you are sending it forth to do tonight. And Lord, we thank you that we are becoming better and better for you, Lord. We're changing because we don't want to stay the same. We want to change and become more and more like you. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Let's give him some praise tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, you can make your way to your seats. The youth group can be dismissed to youth group. Glad to have them in here with us for a few minutes tonight. And then uh, the... Children, uh, I think in second through fifth grade, they can be dismissed to their class as well. The second through fifth grade can meet their teachers back there by the lobby. And they will uh, head over to their class here in just a minute. How's that sound? Amen. Isn't it great to see so many kids and teenagers in church on a Wednesday night? Man, I love it. Love, love, love the kids. And the adults too. You know, you're pretty good. Yeah, all right. Give yourselves a pat on the back. You came too. All right. Well, we're getting all those kids dismissed. So praise God, man. It's a lot of kids. 
Well, tonight we're going to go ahead and I'm going to kind of tag on to something that we did a couple of Wednesday nights ago. Uh, we kind of seemed to strike a chord and uh, seen some good conversation around it. So we're going to dig a little bit deeper on that tonight. And uh, the, the so the title is going to be this, Signs of Being Lukewarm, Part 2. Signs of Being Lukewarm, Part 2. And we're going to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, as you saw, maybe a couple Wednesday nights ago, we discussed this and looked at some signs uh, from the Bible uh, regarding, uh, you know, how we could catch ourselves growing lukewarm. And so our opening text uh, to kind of start this all off is going to be in Revelation chapter 3. So let's turn to Revelation 3 together. Amen. Is anybody excited for the word of God tonight? Revelation 3, and we're going to look at verses 15 through 16. And so this would be a little bit of review here. But these are some words from Jesus, some words in red. And in the book of Revelation, uh, there's uh, seven letters to seven different churches. And what we have here is the letter to the church at Laodicea. And so in each of these letters that were sent out, uh, the Lord told them some things they were, in most of their cases, doing good, and then some things they needed to work on. And here's what, uh, here's what the Lord said to the church of Laodicea, and this is something that, uh, we need to really pay attention to for ourselves, for the church in Barstow, amen? So Revelation 3, verse 16, the Lord says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. There are some translations literally say vomit you out of my mouth. And uh, that doesn't sound super encouraging, does it? I mean, I don't want the Lord, uh, you know, I don't want my lifestyle and my just complacent, nonchalant, no passion about it Christianity to make Jesus stomach turn where he's going to say, ugh. Get that away from me. And we kind of described it too. And we can know this in the desert very well. If you've ever left a bottled water in your car on a nice, beautiful Barstow August day, and then you go to your car to get a drink later on, have you ever drank that water, man? And I'm telling you, I, that, that you can't do it. It's, just, it's no good for anything. And so that's the point of being lukewarm. You're, you're not good for anything at that point. Cold water you can, can refresh you. Uh, you know, hot water you can cook some things with or purify some things with. Lukewarm water is useless. And so Jesus said somebody like that, I, I, it, it, it makes me want to just spit you out of my mouth. And so if Jesus says there's something that just flat out makes his stomach turn, then I've determined whatever that is, I don't want to do it. Amen. And keep me away from that as far away from that as possible. And so uh, we're going to look at three different signs of being lukewarm tonight. And, uh, and I want you to pay attention to these. And as always, uh, look at your own life, not somebody else's life, uh, because the medicine works best if you apply it to you and not everybody else. Amen. And so we find that oftentimes you preach a sermon and people are like, man, I know who that was for. I'm like, well, it should have been for you if you, <laughs> you know, anyway. Anyway, that should be one of the signs. Someone write that down. We'll do that in part three. All right. So let's go into signs of being lukewarm. And the first one is this. We hit on this a few Sundays ago, but you receive, but you don't give. 
You receive, but you don't give. And I'm going to use an example that I've used a, uh, a couple weeks ago on a Sunday morning, but I believe that it bears repeating. And it's this, and, and, and it has to do with the Dead Sea and Israel. You remember talking about this a little while back? So the Dead Sea is a huge body of water, but it has nothing at all. It has no life. It has no plants. It has no Animals. In fact, the salt content is at like 35% or something, which is much higher than any ocean in the world. And it's this huge body of water in Israel that is basically useless. And, and, and the crazy thing about the Dead Sea is it gets its life from, it gets its water from the Jordan River. And so does another nearby sea called the Sea of Galilee. But it's really strange because even though they both have the same source feeding it, them, the Dead Sea has no life. It's completely, you know, unusable water. But then the Sea of Galilee close by has tons of life. It's got fish and, 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 you know, aquatic life in it. It's got plants and animals and all this stuff. And it has, they're both getting their feed from the exact same source. But the difference is the Sea of Galilee also has some outlets where it feeds some other bodies of water from there, but the Dead Sea, it stops. Water flows in, but it doesn't go out. And as a Christian, we see so many times that you could have somebody sitting right here in this chair and somebody right next to them. One's a lukewarm Christian and the other's on fire for God, getting all sorts of things done. They're spiritually on fire and the only, they're, they're both hearing the same sermon. You get that? They're both hearing the same word. We're not preaching one sermon to this chair and then a whole other sermon to this chair. But here's the thing. This Christian is probably being a doer of the word, but they're also being a giver. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about giving of their time, their talent, their resources to the Lord. And, and I, and I will say, uh, and, and I'll stand by the statement that you cannot be a healthy Christian if you're not a giver. I'll stand by that. That, that uh, you, you can't be. Christians were not made to just only receive but never give. And I want to show you something tonight. Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. Can we go there? Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. Amen. Are we getting anything tonight so far? Acts 20 and uh, verse 35. I'm going to look at this here in the NLT. And we're going to be looking mainly at this last part of this verse here. But uh, let's read all of this. Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, on the surface, this may not sound like that big of a deal, but it's actually very unhealthy for a Christian to never give. 
Now, some people, as we already mentioned, only equate giving to money. And so you read a verse like this and, oh, the preacher wants your money. And that's not what I'm talking about. This verse is talking about money, but I'm more talking broadly about, you read the context. I'm talking more broadly, though, about uh, giving in every area of who we are as a Christian. And I'm talking about serving God at church. Who knows a healthy Christian serves in their church? Amen. Uh, uh, who knows that a, a, a healthy Christian does uh, give of their resources and finances to those in need and to tithe to the, you know, to God at the church. We know that much. Um, but as a healthy Christian, if I'm going to be on fire for God, I'm going to be giving out every day of what the Lord has done in my life. Amen. Every day, I'm going to be looking for ways to help other people. But a lukewarm Christian will will come to church once or twice a month, maybe, to get their God fix or pay their God tax or give their drive-by nod at God. You know, so they go, there, I did it, I did it, all right. And, and then they head right back out and not do a thing for anybody else, including God himself. Does that sound like a passionate, on fire, doing something for Jesus Christian? No, not at all. And, and so you can't be healthy if you never give. You will be lukewarm. It reminds me of a great story I heard. Um, it's actually called the story of the little red hen. Anybody heard this story? Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell it, and you, you heard it, but I'm going to tell it. So uh, there, there's this little little hen, a little chicken, and she decides she wants to make some fresh homemade bread. And uh, and so you can tell by now that not a lot of chickens are making their own bread, but it's a good story, so follow me. So she's going to make some fresh homemade bread. So she asks everybody in the, you know, in the barnyard, hey, who wants to help me out? Who's going to help me plant some wheat? Nobody wants to volunteer. And so she does it herself. And then she asks, hey, who wants to help me harvest the wheat? Crickets. Nobody volunteers. I mean, you know, nobody raises their hand. And then she says, hey, who's going to help me mill the wheat and make some flour out of it? Nobody volunteers. And then she says, hey, who wants to help me bake the bread for everybody? Nobody volunteers. So she just keeps doing it all herself. And then finally in the end, when she pulls the bread out of the oven, who wants to help me eat the bread? Everybody shows up. Yeah, because everybody wants some of the fresh baked bread. And then she says, no. I said, I think she said it like that. She says, no, you didn't help me plant the wheat. You didn't help me harvest the wheat. You didn't help me make the flour. You didn't help me bake the bread. You are sure enough not going to help me eat the bread at this point, right? And that's the thing. Everybody wants the fresh baked bread. Everybody wants the harvest and the goodness But lukewarm Christians don't want to do anything at all to help this come about. And it's so important that as we're growing as Christians that you're receiving the word. you got to be, no doubt about it. But there's got to be some channel. There's got to be some avenue that you are serving in that are helping other people receive the word and get the answers that they need for their life. A lukewarm Christian is generally a very selfish person because they only think about, well, here, I mean, I got this going on and I I, I need this for me. And that's not a healthy way to live your Christian life. You're doing it wrong if that's the way you're doing it. And I'm telling you right now that as 
Christians, if we're going to be on fire for Jesus, if we're going to really be serving him and doing what we're supposed to be doing in these end times, you got to get over about, it's only about me. you got to start having some outward focus or you're going to get stagnant and stale and like that dead seawater, just, just not usable for any good purpose. So, Signs of being lukewarm. Number one, you receive, but should never give. And then number two, people around you don't even know you're a Christian. Wait, hold on. Am I a high desert? Why did it get so quiet in here, man? What just happened? Wow. So we're talking about signs of being lukewarm. People around you don't know you're a Christian. And I will say this loud and proud right now. If you are a committed Christian, your co-workers and friends know it. Right? One guy I, a guy I was friends with, he was telling me this story. He's like, man, the weirdest thing, dude. You know, I, some of the guys asked me to go to the movies with them on Wednesday night. And I told them, no, I got, I got to go to church. And they all were like, what? You go to church? And he said, it was at that moment I realized I'm probably not living a very godly life. Because if people nearly pass out when they hear that you go to church, it shouldn't shock them. <laughs> they should already assume, man, she's so godly. She's, she's got to be a Christian. She's got to be a churchgoer if she's that godly. Without you even have ever saying something, people should already just know by your godly behavior and actions that you're a child of God. But if they nearly hit the floor when they find out that you step foot inside a church, that is a red flag that something went wrong somewhere. People shouldn't be shocked to know that you're a Christian. They should, I mean, they should just assume it by the way that you act. Does anybody get what I'm saying tonight? (laughs) Amen. And so that is a dangerous sign. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5. We're going to look at verses 14 through 16. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. So who in here, if you were being honest, you could say, my co-workers know that I am a Christian and I go to church. They know it, right? Are, are you embarrassed about that? You shouldn't be. I'm not, a, I'm not embarrassed that Jesus saved my life. I'm not embarrassed to be a part of the family of God, be a child of God. There's nothing, in I mean, I'm not embarrassed about that at all. So Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16 And so, again, the words of Jesus, he says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Nobody lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. How many of you guys go home at night and you turn your lamp on beside the bed, then you get a basket over it and put it over the lamp, and then you go to bed? Did I see a hand in the back? Uh, anyway, well, talk to me later. The, call, the, call the office. We'll set that up. So, but no, you don't do that. That would, it would serve no purpose, would it? Nobody would do that. That's crazy. And so Jesus said, instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everybody in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Some 
Say amen tonight. And so one massive lie that people buy into is that, well, faith is a very private and personal matter, and I don't believe we should talk about that, and I don't believe we should discuss that. And I hear politicians say that all the time, and I know right away that it is private to them because they have none. <laughs> you know, if you've got faith in Jesus, uh, you want to tell somebody about it. Am I right? You want to, you want to tell somebody about it. In fact, write it down. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 27, what I whisper in your ear, shout out from the housetops for all to hear. Amen. And so Jesus said, don't keep this good news to yourself. Don't keep the gospel to yourself. Shout it out from the rooftops for all to hear. And so if Jesus has changed your life, you want to tell people about it, don't you? I know in our modern society, man, if you find a good ice cream shop, you can't wait to tell everybody. You find a good, you know, nail person, my gosh, oh, do you hear about Sabrina? Woo, girl, get down there! You know, you're on, I don't know, maybe that's what you say, I don't know. I've never personally given nail references, but Sabrina's probably, you know, totally awesome. So, um... But, you know, you get what I'm saying on that. So, you know, you, you get on, you get on the internet, you get on, you get it on Yelp, you put it on, you know, your social media, you tell everybody how awesome it is, and then a man comes down literally from heaven to earth, lives a perfect sinless life for 33 years, and then is crucified and murdered and dies on a cross for your sins, so you get to go to heaven and it's a very private thing. I'd rather not discuss it. Blah, 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 blah. You're lukewarm and it's embarrassing and it makes Jesus want to throw up. Amen. So if Jesus has changed your life, man, you want people to know Romans 1 16. Let's go. Romans 1 16. We got to move fast on Wednesday nights. It's the hour of power. So we try to make this thing go quick. So Romans 1 in verse 16. Love this. In the New King James, Romans 1 and verse 16. This is beautiful. The Apostle Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Who in here could say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, man? I'm not. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And so the power of God, man, we are not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. That is really good news. Romans 10, 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a powerful, powerful message that we have. And I am not one bit embarrassed about what Jesus has done in my life. And so this leads me to the main point that I want to make tonight, and that's this, number three. A lukewarm Christian signs you're lukewarm. Number three, you care more about people's opinion than God's opinion. You care more about people's opinion than you do God's opinion. And I think that we can see this all over the place. And especially in the day and age that we live where everybody expects you, you know. And I've heard people basically say it this way. You are absolutely entitled to your own opinion. 
as long as it's the same as my opinion, right? <laughs> and so I've got no problem with you having your own opinion as long as you agree with me. If you don't, then I'm going to cancel you and blow your whole life up. And that's the age that we live in. And yeah, that's just a little bit crazy and a little bit intimidating in some points. But this is the day and age, amen, where we have a chance to prove this out. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, whether you like it or you don't like it, whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it, I'm not changing what the Bible says. I can't do it. Amen. I care more about God's opinion than everybody else's opinion. And that, that, that's a level of maturity right there. You know, you're getting somewhere in Christ when you can get to this place where you value what God says more than what everybody else says. It's a really, really big deal. And lukewarm Christians, they're not there. They care more. And so if they were to stand up for something out of the Bible or, you know, something from the Lord and people are like, hey, wait, no, I don't like that. Okay, I'm sorry, my bad. I didn't mean to offend you. I I just, I, I take it back. I apologize. I'll never say it again. That is not the attitude to have in the end times. It's going to take some guts. It's going to take some backbone. It's going to take some spine to stand up for your beliefs and for your faith. But the reward in the end is worth it. Amen. I don't want to get to heaven and, and have to answer to God and him be like, hey, dude, why'd you ditch me down there? Hey, why'd you leave me hanging? Why did you, why were you embarrassed about what I said? Why, why, why were you embarrassed? Well, they're really mean, man. And this guy on Instagram has like 30,000 followers and Jesus is going to say, yeah, I've got like 4 billion. And so listen, I'm not impressed with how many followers you've got on the internet. That doesn't impress me. What impresses me is when somebody stands Stands up for their Bible-based beliefs, even in the midst of persecution. Amen. And so, you know, I use this phrase all the time, but there's so many people that, again, a lukewarm Christian is very deceived. And that's one of the dangers is they think that they're just in this strong faith and this, and, and then when push comes to shove, it turns out they're not. And so a phrase like we use it all the time. So you, you've heard this, but don't say you would go to jail for your faith when you won't even go to church for your faith, right? Come on, you know, who are you? You're not fooling anybody here, you know. Well, if I got time this weekend or, you know, if they don't lock us down for COVID, I'll go to church. Like, eh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> and, you know, speaking of that, I was thinking, I was reflecting, you know, beautifully today. I'm, the COVID period, man, that was a big learning time for everybody. And, and, you know, it was difficult on everybody, but especially those in leadership positions. And I was, you know, just having some precious, beautiful memories this morning. But, you know, looking back on that, I am so grateful that we got to a place where we were like, you know what? Hey, the, the governor or the president says this. Okay, I respect that. Then the Bible says this. Well, who do I believe? Who, who do I follow? Well, clearly, I've got to follow my king. i got to follow my savior. And, and I respect all those guys. And, and I do the best I can to follow every law, man. So long as someone does, shows up and says, you can't go to church. And if you do, you aren't allowed to sing. Who in the world are you? When the Bible tells me in Hebrews 10.25 to not 
forsake the assembling of the saints. Don't neglect going to church, especially now that the time of the Lord's return is drawing near. Hebrews 10.25. Man, look at all the Psalms that tell us to shout for joy to the Lord, to sing his praises, and then somebody comes in and says, no, you're not allowed to do that. And a bunch of, I'm, it's embarrassing that people actually said, you know what, they said we can't sing no more, so we better not. I don't like that. I don't believe, I don't believe that that's the right thing to do. And so I'm just encouraging us, man, that as we move forward, because I'm telling you, there's more stuff coming down the pike, people. And that's not my prediction. That's the Bible. There's more coming. All right. We've just seen the beginning of the birth pains as Jesus talked about. There's plenty more coming down the pike and it's better right now. To get ourselves on fire for Jesus. It's better to lay the foundation right now because we know it's really hard to pour concrete in the middle of a flood. And there's a flood coming, people. There are things coming in this world that the scripture tells us about. And it's a lot better to be prepared beforehand than to be a lukewarm, half-baked Christian. And then the heat really gets turned up and you're like, oh my gosh, where's that Bible at? What was that sermon they talked about? What was that over there? What are we going to do? Man, if you're already on fire for Jesus and you've already got the foundation laid, stuff comes, no doubt about it. But guess what? You are ready. Amen? Yeah, you don't have to go running and hiding. I mean, you're ready for whatever comes down the pike. And so we've come to the obvious conclusion that we can't please everybody. So I'm just going to focus on pleasing him. I cannot make everybody in Barstow happy. I cannot make everybody in church happy or my family happy. Or I can't. But I can focus on making Jesus happy. And he's the one that actually counts. Who knows that tonight? He's the one that actually counts. I want you to see something here in Galatians chapter 1. Galatians 1. And we're going to look at verse 10. Galatians 1 and verse 10. And we know, man, nobody likes rejection. Well, nobody likes that. Everybody, who in here you like to be liked? Hey, Okay, I guess I'm the only one in the whole church, but I like people to like me. I, I'd rather people like me than not like me, but I super have an issue with Jesus being upset with me. And so that's just, that's, I don't want to go there. And so we're going to look here at Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10. And this is the attitude that the apostle Paul had about it. And I believe that this is the attitude that every Christian should have. Check this out. He says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. Do you see that with me tonight? Let's see that again. He says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. If you're okay with highlighting in your Bible, I think that'd be a good one to highlight, honestly. If you got the Bible app out, beep, hit it, highlight it, put it, you know, put a cute color, but just check it out. Listen, that's a verse that you need to get a hold of. 
Paul was obviously not a man pleaser. If your goal and your objective is to please people, you will never be a mature Christian. Because I can promise you that in your quest to please God, you're going to tick some people off. And, and it's not, you're not going to do what they want you to do anymore, and it's going to upset them. But guess what? I don't answer to them. I will stand before God someday, and I have to give an account for my life. And there's going to be some explaining to do. If all I did was try to keep everybody else happy, I, I can't do it. I was really sad this week. I saw a Christian rapper that I used to look up to crossing some lines, trying to be relevant and cool. And it just made me really sad, but he's kind of been heading the wrong way for a while. But he's basically been bragging about uh, being able to be a Christian and still live wild and crazy and, and do these crazy things. And so he started selling shirts that say... The shirt literally says, I can quote Cardi B and Corinthians. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people in this room and, you know, I've got a lot of generations. But if you're bragging about that, you're going to answer to God Almighty in heaven. And I'm not trying to publicly shame some singer or something. But all I know is, man, I read that young lady's lyrics one time. I've never seen anything like that in my adult life. It was foul. And for a Christian rapper to brag about, hey, it's okay, dude. You can still do this and like the Bible. You can still do this and you can say these lyrics right here and then turn around and quote the Bible over here and it's totally fine. No, it's not. Well, the preacher's an old man in there. I didn't come to hear some old grump. Well, listen, I'm, you know, I'm a grump, but I'm not that old. So give me, give me both of these, all right? So listen, what I loved though is another younger Christian rapper politely called him out and said, Hey, there's this verse in the Bible, Galatians 1.10, that says, If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And this younger guy with not as big a following got a whole lot of people to be like, you know what, that's right. And so what am I saying? It's this, that we live in such a time that you can't afford to be lukewarm. You've got to make a decision about Jesus. And you can't have one foot in over here in the cesspool of filth and one foot over here in the river of living water and think that you can just do both. Because there's going to come a point in time where these paths are going to have a head on collision and someone's like hey that's weird I, I mean i've never had a head-on collision with the devil the only way that you are not having a head-on collision with the devil in 2023 is if you're both headed in the same direction i'm telling you that right now because if you're doing this thing right there's going to be a whole lot of this well i don't like that that's not comfortable the christian life Listen, it's not all about comfort. And we preach a lot about the blessings of God around here, man. We can spit some verses out right now. Third John 2, right? Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be healthy even as your soul prosper. We can do this all day long. And we believe these things, but you got to know this, that we live in such a day and an age that you got to make a decision. You, gotta, you need to be all in. Or basically, Jesus said, or just all out, quit being a faker. Quit, 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 quit being fake. Quit being shallow. Quit, quit being like that because it's not gonna work. Amen? I think I've got one more verse here. Who can handle one more verse? Yeah. Alright, let's go. 
Actually, I've got two more, huh? All right. 1 Thessalonians 2.4. Let's go. 1 Thessalonians 2.4. Amen. So we'll go quickly here. 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 4. And I understand, you know, this may not be the encouraging word of the night, but this is the truth of the night from God's word. 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 4. And again... The Apostle Paul, he said, For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Here it is. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. So this isn't the time period to be testing the waters and seeing how crazy you can live before you actually cross the line and get yourself in trouble. Listen, I have no interest in fitting in with this world and winning their approval. Wouldn't it be a shame to get to heaven and, and answer to God and he say, hey, dude, we got to talk. And you're like, but no, hey, whoa, Jesus, calm down, man. I had a million TikTok followers. I had like five million Instagram followers. I influenced so many people. What's your deal? Why aren't you? Well, 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 I pleased so many people down there. And he's going to say, eh, that means nothing now. You didn't do what I asked you to do. You, what about me? Do I don't count for anything? Like, what's up with that? Because when we receive Jesus, it's a commitment. And I know a lot of modern day preachers and churches, and I try my best to stay away from that, will give such a false hope and say, hey man, you know what? Just repeat this little prayer right here and don't worry about a thing ever again. I feel like you're fine. Just say this little prayer and you're good to go, man. That's why when you receive Jesus here, we instantly set you up with a spiritual personal trainer, man. We try to pair you up on day one to get you headed in the right direction because living the Christian life, there's blessings beyond measure, man. It is a life of joy and and peace and, and blessing, no doubt about it. But it is also a life of some sacrifice. It is also a life of letting go of some things. It's a life of saying no to some things and then saying yes to some different things. But I promise you, the reward in the end is worth it. There's nothing in this temporary world, man, that, what, if, what if you had something that made you happy for the next 75 years, but it cost you the next 5 trillion years of heaven? Is that payoff worth it? It's not a good investment right there. I could say no to some things, and I do, and you do. I know you guys. You say no to some very temporary happiness and pleasures in this world because you know, man, you know what? Forget it. It ain't worth it because that's my real home up there. And I would not risk heaven for anything in this temporary world. I promise you now, there's nothing down here worth sacrificing or risking heaven over. One more verse, 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. 1 Peter 1, verses 6 through 7. And uh, when your purpose in life is to please God, you will never be lukewarm again. If you make pleasing God your full-time purpose, you will never be lukewarm again. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7. And so 
Peter is hitting with the hard truth right here, man. I've, I've done a lot of reading First and Second Peter over these last three years. And the, look at this. First Peter 1, and starting at verse 6, he says, So be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. And so there must be some people that don't really have a genuine faith. And then when trials and difficulty come, it exposes it as being a fraud. I didn't say, I'm just, you know, I'm reading this right here. But, but, but it says right here that this will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. You know that, right? Your faith is worth a lot more than money or gold or anything else in this world. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. I love that. I love reading about that because whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. There's a day coming when Jesus Christ will be revealed to the whole world. And we know that at some day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's coming. And so I know this much. I can't afford lukewarm anymore. It, the stakes are too high at this point. I can't afford it. It costs more than I'm willing to pay. And I know that some of you are dealing with trials and right now we just, that's what Peter was just talking about. God didn't send those trials, but as you dig into God's word and refuse to grow lukewarm, your faith will only grow stronger and stronger and you will end up bringing glory and honor to Jesus. Who in here, you could say, that's my goal. I want to bring glory and honor to Jesus. Amen. I'm not looking to create followers for me. I'm looking to get more followers of Jesus. And so if you'll stick with him and pass the test, man, stay on fire for him, you're going to be a faith warrior. I'm telling you that right now. You're going to stand the test and you're going to stand before him someday and we're going to hear the words. This should be all of our goal when we stand before him to hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. That's our goal. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. Pray that we've received from the word tonight. But I want to, I want to talk to us here and guess something out of that. Okay, I want to I want to talk to us here tonight as Pastor Josh is leading us in a little bit of worship to close things out. I'm going to have our prayer team come up together this evening. But man, if God's dealing with you tonight, hallelujah. If God, if the Lord is speaking to you, if some of these signs of being lukewarm have kind of hit close to home, or maybe you could say, yes, the Lord's speaking to me. Well, I would very much encourage you to speak to the Lord tonight. I would encourage you to respond to what he's telling you, to what he's nudging you in your heart. You know, he also said, 
in Revelation. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, open up and I'll come in. And so if he's knocking on the door of your heart tonight, it's a really good idea to answer the door for Jesus. Anyone realize that yet? It's a really good idea to open that door and let him in. And so I'm going to lead us in a prayer together tonight before we close things out. Because there's been an interesting phenomenon over the last couple of months. Uh, I've seen so many salvations on Wednesday nights rather than Sunday mornings. And, and so, you know, God seems to be doing some great things in our Wednesday night services. But I want to lead us in a prayer together tonight. If God is talking to you, if you're in here and you maybe don't have a relationship with Jesus, well, that needs to get dealt with tonight. Or maybe you did at one point, but you kind of backed off and walked away. Or or maybe if you are being honest with yourself, I don't need you to be honest with me. I, you need to be honest with yourself and with God. And you can look at the Bible here tonight and say, you know what? I've probably been growing lukewarm. I would highly, highly recommend that you talk to Jesus tonight and, 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 and get that fixed. And we can help you. But I want to pray a prayer together tonight. And I would ask that you would repeat this with me. Can we say this? Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Give me the strength to live for you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And hey, Jose, I'm going to have my friend Jose come on up over here tonight. If you're here and you prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time, or maybe tonight is your night of saying, you know what? I'm coming back to Jesus. Or maybe you're even here and you could say, I've been lukewarm and I need some help getting back to being red hot. If you could see Jose here when we're praying for people, uh, we've got our program called Spiritual Personal Trainer. He will pair you up with another believer from church here for the next 30 days that they will mentor you. They will text you every day some Bible verses and a devotion. They'll pray for you and they'll do whatever it takes to help you stay on track with Jesus. That's the best thing I can offer you tonight is Jesus and some help staying on that path. And so we're going to go ahead and open the altars for prayer. If you need prayer for anything at all, anything, come on up and we'll pray for you. But if you're here and you want a spiritual personal trainer, go see Jose while we're praying for people. Amen. Pastor Josh is going to lead us in worship. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days, I've been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness. Your voice. 
received from the word of God tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. So remember, a couple reminders. Uh, Friday night uh, is the Marrieds event uh, here at the church, 6.30 to 8.30. We want to see you there. And uh, again, we're, we're doing everything we can to invest into your family. We want to bless your marriage. We want to bless your parenting. We want to bless uh, everything uh, that we can uh, to help you have the right foundation for everything. So take advantage of that. And then, of course, Sunday services. Both services are going to be on fire. Amen. And then Monday is the picnic at the park. So stay connected. And a good way to do that is to, if you follow on social media, all the events are on there and that'll help you stay in the loop. All right, let's go ahead and close out in prayer. And then we'll say our Barstow faith confession. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the word of God tonight, Lord. And Jesus, we do not want to be lukewarm. We we don't want to be cold either. We want to be hot. We want to be on fire for you, Lord, so you can use us and we can do everything you need us to do in these end times. And Lord, I pray that we'll be doers of the word and not hearers only. Help us to obey the word we've received tonight. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. Let's speak some faith over Barstow tonight. 
We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you this week.